Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Baby, what's up, man? whole bunch of nothing, man. Exciting trade deadline. Could we have been more wrong last week? I think I got D-Lo right. Yeah, I think maybe you said that. I, I didn't think anything was going to get moved except for Andre Iguodala. Um, yeah, we, I think that broke during our doing our podcast but as far as the other trades i knew d-low would get traded uh minnesota didn't really have another choice but uh yeah i was surprised about andre drumming to the cast yeah you know um they got nothing for him <laughs> i mean they basically just gave him a second john henson's like carcass and brandon knight um, brandon knight yeah, there might be some cap stuff going on in there where it's just really cap relief because sometimes there's rules. I didn't really look it up, but sometimes there's rules where if you have a player like Drummond that's taking a max salary, max slot, if they just walk away in free agency, then you don't get that max slot back. But if you get expiring contracts for that slot, then you can have that $30 million to spend on another player. I know that they were terrified that Andre Drummond was going to opt in because his mm-hmm. trade market was zero. They were scared he would opt in to that $28.6 million that he was owed. So it was just really just get rid of him for whatever you can get for him, from him because you don't want to have to deal with him opting in another year. Right. And they've been wanting to get rid of Drummond for like a while. So, so this was no surprise. Um I'm surprised that they they basically like I said they didn't really get shit for him. See that, uh, that part that part doesn't really surprise me because I didn't expect them to get shit from him. I mean, just based on his trade market, based on what he was wanting for his extension, he wouldn't want to. He didn't want to sign an extension. He wanted to go to free agency. Uh, just based on all that, you're not going to get a lot of value. So you just want to get something from him, whether it's a cap but, relief. What do the Cavs do? I mean, I see why they made that trade. I mean, like I said, they, I mean, they gave up nothing for him, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, nothing of consequence. Uh, so, you know, you still have Kev, Kevin Love under contract for another year. Nah, you two, still, years. two years. Yeah. yeah, another two years. And then you've got um, Tristan Thompson, who's a free agent after this year. Do you just let him walk? They said that they're not going to buy him out. Um, obviously, the trade deadline has passed. Um, what's, ha- what's happening? I mean, what, what's the plan? Shit, let Tristan Thompson go. I'm sure they tried to find somebody for him. They couldn't find anybody to get the value. At, in that point, I mean, Tristan's not a person where you have to get value back for him. I mean, he's gonna, if you're a playoff team, that would have been attractive. But again, what are they asking? Who has for? the space? Yeah, it right. depends on what what's the compensation because Cavs didn't have a reason. I mean, if you're not getting anything, you can play hardball because he's going to fall off your books next year anyway. It's like an expiring contract. That's valuable. You know he has value. If you can't get what you want from him, just let him walk. You got Drummond in the fold, um, a veteran player that hopefully can help those young players. Uh, the best part about it is it takes the ball out of Colin Sexton's hands. Maybe Garland wasn't strong enough to do it. Love didn't have the playmaking skills to do it. But Drummond definitely takes the ball out of his hands. They can do some cut through. You can play through Drummond. It adds a veteran. And it at least gives you a year and a half to see if it works with Love, with Drummond, and those young players. If it doesn't work, you didn't really lose anything. Right. Oh, I mean, it's a great deal for the Cavs. Um, Great deal all around for them. Uh, I think it works both ways. Yeah. Uh, I, again, 
but what was Detroit doing? You didn't really get much of a pick for it. You, you, you know, you're going to be high in the lottery. You probably figure out a way to get rid of Blake Griffin in the offseason. Yeah. Or do you build around Luke Kennard and uh, Sekou Domboya? Like, I mean, is that is that the plan? You know, Sekou's hit or miss. Um, you know, probably needs a little bit more seasoning. Um, but what the Pistons are, you're not a free agent destination. That's, that's a tough gig. Yeah. But I think what they're trying to do is, um, kind of what the Toronto Raptors did, um, kind of a soft rebuild. They're hoping that, I mean, they last year, they traded for Thon maker at the deadline. Now it's time to see what he can do. Um, these last two games, he's looked good. They traded for Christian Woods last year. He's looked like, well, was it this year or last year? Last year. Last year. Time to see what he can do. He looks like he's a cheap, talented player. Um, if they can get something out of Sekou, Christian Woods, and Thon Maker, then at, at this point in time, you're just kind of rebuilding that, that guard core. Pistons really kind of need to see what they have. They've been loading up on young talent, but none of those that talent has really gotten to play. So you've seen Speed play. You've seen Bruce Brown play this year. Um, you've seen some of Luke Kennard, if he comes back healthy after the All-Star. And Luke Kennard has looked good when he's been on the floor. And like you said, Thon Maker's playing pretty well. Uh, he's only started two games, well, now three games this year. Um, you know, as I said, you probably figure out a way to get rid of Blake. I think this is this has got to be Reggie Jackson last year, that contract. <laughs> yeah, oh. I think they're, they're already talking about buying out Reggie Jackson in some places. And they should. Some places that he may go, but... Why keep Derrick Rose? I mean, I understand Derrick Rose maybe just wants to be in a, a a situation where there's not a lot of pressure on him and he can just do his thing. Uh, I mean, that's the only piece you really – the only veteran that you have on the team at this point that you would keep at the end of the season. And I don't know if you bring Derrick Rose back because a lot of contenders are going to want him. So you really just need to – I think the, think the point guard position is the only position that you're really focusing on because they have a lot of talent on that roster. Yeah, and unfortunately for them, this is not a deep draft. Um, you know, you're hoping to land in the top three. Uh, outside of that, it's I mean, the draft is a crapshoot every year, and you really do have to depend on uh, your team, like a, a, a Denver has shown, like a Toronto has shown, that you can develop late talent and second-round talent because um, that's the only way to rebuild it. Maybe they believe in Blake. Maybe just giving this year off, resting his knee, maybe he can come back healthy, and if he does come back healthy – that's more of a team that Blake can really – you can really utilize Blake and you don't have to worry about Drummond. Blake and Drummond didn't work. They both need the cool. ball in their hand to facilitate. Maybe they see what you get with Blake. Put Blake at the four. Put Christian Woods, a thigh maker at the five. And, you know, see what you got with some of that young talent built around Blake. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some other deals, man. Uh, Andre Iguodala ended up getting traded from the Memphis Grizzlies to the Miami Heat. Um I know that I'm going to sound biased, but I love what Memphis is doing. Um, getting back Justice Winslow, who, you know, we kind of joked about last week on the pod. You know, he gives you 25 games a year. Um, but if he can stay on the court, he produces, um, you know, to bring in Gorgie uh, Jane um, or Gorgie Dang. What, however the hell you say a boy's name. Gorgie Jane. Uh, yeah, you know, to bring him in, I thought, was, was a really nice piece to be able to back up. Uh, uh, Valachunas um, and Jaron Jackson because the boy stays in foul trouble. Um, I, I thought I love what they're doing. I really do. Uh, it's kind of hit or miss for me when it when it first happened. I was really on board. Like I love with Memphis. I love this trade for both sides. But then I was thinking that there was going to be another piece. Uh, most of the night they kept saying that Gallinari was going to be the piece that fall. Uh, you had a 
take took a lot of time to get the rest of that trade in. But when I when you see the end results of that trade, I don't know if I love it for Memphis, man. I understand that they're taking next free agency off. Justice Winslow, you take a chance on him. But then I start seeing reports that they were looking for a third team to take Justice Winslow. If that's the case, I don't really understand the trade at all because you pretty much gave up all your cap space for next year where you can't even chase a, a free agent if you wanted to. I know Memphis isn't a free agent destination, but you give that up. After you give that up, um, Justice Winslow come in. You don't believe in Justice Winslow, obviously, because you're looking for people to trade him too. Uh, he can't stay on the court. And basically, you risk everything just for Justice Winslow. You flip James Johnson to get Gorgon Jang, who could be a nice piece. Um, you, you flip Bruno to get Jordan Bell in, which is more the same. I, I, I don't like this. I don't love it for him. I mean, I love it for Miami side. They got Jay Crowder. They got Andre Godala, and they got Solomon Hill. Three players that all, I think, could be make an impact on this team this year. Let me tell you right now, Solomon Hill can't make shit. Okay, yeah, nothing. You say that every time Solomon Hill got in for Memphis, though, he was productive. Whether you no, like that was Jay Crowder. No, Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill. So mm -mm. Solomon Hill was productive. I watched that little fat him. boy run up and down the court with that stupid afro every night and just get in the way of people. He couldn't. He couldn't. I mean, there were just times where they would play him right yeah, off the floor. He's a, he's another versatile small forward. He fits the style. I know you don't like Solomon Hill. I think every time Good. Solomon Hill has been somewhere, you you talking about Solomon Hill as the ninth, tenth man off the bench. I'll take it. I mean, I'll take it. You had Jay Crowder. Yeah. I mean, we were playing in crunch time minutes though, so yeah, it didn't make sense nah, why I don't like Solomon you Hill. You can't get Solomon thirty a game. You know, what no. I'm saying? a crisp you know twelve minutes. For Memphis, you know, I, I understand what they're doing because you're kind of taking a shot on Justice Winslow, who, you know, you're betting if he can stay healthy, he's going to impact your team. Um, as we talked about last week, you have a few first-round picks coming. You have Golden you State's 2024. Just for Justice Winslow, though. I mean, cause no, and I, I don't think they did. I think it was flexibility. They're still trying to figure out what they're going to do with their roster. There's still trade pieces on their roster. They're, they, they can they can trade Valanciunas. They can trade. Uh, they, they'll make some trades to get under the cap for next season. I mean, it's not nah, a strong no, trade. No, no, class. no. That they just they before even the trade deadline, they said they were forfeiting 2020 uh, free agency. So that's not really the case. Um, that all those everything they did is pretty much cap holes just to hold space. So for twenty twenty one, they're gonna have the cap space for twenty twenty one. I just, I just feel like you could have got better. Like if you're doing that for Justice Winslow, I'm a big Justice Winslow fan. It just seemed like there was other moves to be made. See, yeah, but but again, what did, what did you really give up? I mean, you didn't give up anything. I mean, yeah, I, I, would I mean, have, so personally, if you're gonna take that chance on Justice Winslow, you might as well just keep Jay Crowder. He's cheaper. Jay Crowder only made seven million dollars. Justice Winslow yeah. making twelve for the thirteen. Yeah, but you, you're talking years. about a, a young team that's building that needs extra pieces like a Justice Winslow. Justin Winslow is, is is perfect for a team like Memphis with with a young superstar in Ja, with a young really good player in in uh, Jaron Jackson, and then the rest of it is just seeing what you got. That's why they they made the trade for Josh Jackson. That's why they made the trade for Justice Winslow. You're gonna start to see them just like Golden State would do is acquire those assets, see what they got, and if you can move them, great. If they fit great i mean i will say if justice winslow can stay healthy and what he showed in those days in miami if he can stay on the court that's going to be a tough tough memphis team next year because they're going to be Absolutely. real fast they're going to be very versatile on defense 
And they could be a dangerous team, but it's all depending on what you get out of Justice Winslow for that three years, thirty-six million that you're taking on. I mean, if he can if he can stay healthy and not have these knick-knacking injuries that keep him out fifty-seven games, then it could be dangerous. If not, then you just, I mean, what will his value be next year if he's hurt again? Then I mean, which is fair. Uh, you know what but I mean? You got again, two years, two years, $26 million, and that contract is going to be look like shit. It's going to look like Tyler Johnson's contract. I don't know about that. I mean, you know, I think that's – I mean, Justin Winslow ain't but 23 years old. So Dude can't stay healthy. He hasn't had one season I, where he's I agree, been healthy. But, but if you're Memphis, you're never going to play Iguodala. You already got a first-round pick with Iguodala to take him from Golden State. Yeah. So, I mean – you're really it's – it's all found money at this point. If it don't work, so what? I gave up a player who's never going to play with us. I mean, I agree. But when you really break down that Mike Conley pick, your GM really got the most out of Mike Conley. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and this is something that Memphis traditionally has never done. Um, you know, the grit and grind era worked, and Chris Wallace gets, a, gets some credit for that. My feeling is he lucked into it. Uh, that was just more dumb luck because he's shown every at other every other point in his career that he's an idiot. But you know, so <laughs> no it's shocking. Chris Wallace, yeah, terrible. Uh, <laughs> I just got a Hashim the beat just flashed through my head. Uh, Could have been the goat. God, but you know, like I said, I like what Memphis is doing. I, I can see it from Miami side because I do, as I said last week, I think they can sneak out of the East, and I think they feel like they can sneak out of the East, and maybe they're a player away. Uh, I, on the other hand, I'm not sure what you're getting in a 37-year-old Andre Iguodala who hasn't played in a year. Um, I get that he's he's different, certified, going to be a Hall of Famer, but, I mean, still, that, that's a lot to ask for a, a, a very old dude with a lot of miles on him. You know, don't forget that he played five straight final seasons, which is, you know, almost two extra regular seasons. Yeah, um, but or, to go with that, he did sit out the whole first half of the season, though. I mean, so right. he, he has rested legs. You just need him for the stretch. Obviously, Miami's going all in on this year, a little bit on next year. Um, I was down when they first announced that they gave him a two-year, $30 million extension. Yeah, why? What the hell? Well, it essentially comes to a one-year contract. A one-year contract extension next year for $15 million. The second year is a team option. So you get him for a year and a half. You give him some security to get him come in there and play hard. And then he falls off from 2021. That's what Pat Riley wanted to do. He wanted to save his 2021 cap space and go after Giannis. That's why they didn't get that trade done with Gallinari. Because Gallinari wasn't trying to take a two-year contract with a team option on the second year. Doesn't make sense for him. Um, that's why he ended up staying. But I like I like Jay Crowder. I think Jay Crowder is underrated. You put him with... I do too. Yeah, you put Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, um, Andre Iguodala. I, I include Solomon Hill just because we have enough scorers on that team where Solomon Hill could just come in there and play hard defense. With Jimmy Butler, Kendrick Nunn, uh, I, I like this team, and I like what Pat Riley did. I like this two-year window that he just put this team in to get something done. And if not, you can blow that shit up in 2021. Uh, I yeah, I actually went and watched them play in L.A. Uh, last week, and they look good. Um, but three quarters, they end up losing to the Clippers. I think it was about two and a half quarters. Then Jimmy Butler being out came back to bite. Jimmy Butler got hurt, and they needed him down the stretch, but they hung in the game. Uh, Derrick Jones Jr. came in and had a really big game. Bam, you know, Bam is as advertised. He's better than I thought he would ever be coming out. Um, now, just while we're and he's only, and it's while, only year two. We're on that subject. Uh, ben Sim, not Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid recently sent out a tweet. Uh, basically with him giving the shush signal 
And underneath it had the caption from Bat- Batman, Dark Knight. You know what I'm saying? Either, what's the saying? You either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy Butler gone under there, you know, and said, I know a city where they embrace villains. Joel and B responded back, I hear you, brother. Can we see Joel and B right. to Miami next year? No, and, and I don't think Miami will. Bam at a bayou, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, throw in one of them bum contracts in a first. <laughs> does, does Philly say no? I mean, that's a. Yeah, if I'm Philly, I say yeah, especially, you know, because that's the exact thing that Ben Simmons needs, all them shooters and somebody to play defense. As a Miami fan, I would rather keep Bam. I know that sounds ridiculous, I, but. I, I would if I were the Heat. I wouldn't do it if I were the Heat. Yeah, I'd, rather, I'd rather keep Bam, and Bam is so versatile. He does so many things. He's still growing. He has. He's impressive. Up. I think Bam is, is pretty much, he's the new age big man that you're looking for. He's pretty much a small mm-hmm. forward. In a in a big man's body, he does everything that a big man does, but he has a fourth uh, a versatility on offense and defense. He can guard yep. anywhere from the point guard to the center. He can handle the ball. Yep. He can shoot. Now, if he can extend his range to the three point line, it'll really help Miami. He hadn't shown much of that this season, but I really li- well. It's only year two. I really like this team that uh, Miami's put together. This team is more like the Detroit Pistons. They just don't have that. That, that second go-to player. That's why Gallinari would have been great because he would have been that second consistent offensive threat on that team. Without him, you don't have that second player when the playoffs get you're, – you're dependent on Dredgick. And Dredgick can do it. I mean, Dredgick can get hot. You know what I mean? It's just really going to depend. That's the only thing that you worry about with Miami. In the playoffs, when it really gets tough, if you take away Jimmy, who's going to score? Because that's one of the things they started doing against the Clippers. They started really pinning down on Jimmy in that 2-3 zone, and no one else could really consistently score. So Miami got it. Some of those younger players got to step up for Miami. Like Kendrick Dunn, they got to step up more consistently. Yeah, and speaking of the Clippers, they just made a trade for um, Marcus Morris from New York. <laughs> um, for nothing. Yeah, I mean, they, get, they got him for nothing. Uh, but yeah, so what? I mean, that's, that's I, I like the trade for, them. for the Clippers, man. That bench is that bench is nasty. The bench is yeah. Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, and Marcus Morris. I mean, that's just and then you Larry Shamit as a three point shooter. <laughs> but here's the thing: the thing about Marcus Morris is he's kind of a ball stopper. You know, that's a dude that's going. You know, if he touches the ball, he probably gonna shoot it, or he's gonna dribble it for eight nine seconds well, and then shoot. That it. was on the Knicks. Now you gotta remember, last year on the Celtics, he did it in Boston too. He, he he was they they did some ball movement. They didn't like it when Kyrie was in there. When Kyrie was out, they moved the ball. He hit open threes. I mean, he could play within the system. He's shown in a bunch of different ways. He used to play with the Wizards with ball hogs like John Wall and Bradley Beal. Was Wall healthy when he played? Yeah. I mean, he's he's played mm-hmm. being a third option a couple of times. He can play off the ball. He can do those hardcore things. He can be the enforcer. Uh, he does a lot of things. That's a that's a versatile lineup, man. Imagine you looking at a closing lineup like I always talk about Houston playing that running gun. What the hell are they gonna do when they throw Marcus Morris at the five <laughs> with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard? Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly. That's going to be a, I mean, again, I, and I know Houston has looked better than I thought they would. Yeah. They beat the Lakers. But but, but that's just when a it different comes to type of matchup time, nightmare. I mean, that's the type of versatility yeah. the Clippers have. They can do that against any team. They can do the same thing against Anthony Davis. I mean, Marcus yeah. Morris isn't a pure mismatch against Anthony Davis. You know what I mean? If you're the, 
if you're the Lakers, are you? I mean, you you kind of got to be disappointed with the news that Darren Collison has decided to stay retired, not is not come back, is in a position that they desperately needed. Uh, was, they they have got Collison to have, the answer uh, after not playing and being a Mormon or what is he a Jehovah's Witness? He's out witnessing. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, but you know what? I mean, shit. Anybody can give you what or more than Rondo's giving you at this point. Don't Quinn cook in um, that end. Let Cook cook. <laughs> but yeah, he can't play. Cook can't play defense. Is his problem. Yeah. You know, so he don't get on the court. Caruso gets abused on the court. Um, you know, so it is a position that they needed, um, and, and they you really need something along with Anthony Davis because. I mean, I watch Kyle Kuzma sometimes, and sometimes he looks great, and sometimes he looks like he don't know what the hell he is doing. Um, on that, and that's on offense and defense. Uh, the Lakers, I, I still like them to come out of the West, but I think they they failed to address any of their their major issues. Oh, I'm definitely. I think def, definitely that the Lakers was the, were the losers at this trade deadline. They didn't do anything really to upgrade their team at all, and I think they're behind the Clippers. I think they're behind Utah, and I think they're behind the Jazz. I, I know we're looking at them in the regular season. Man, they're using – I think Anthony Davis and LeBron is putting a lot of wear and tear on their bodies just to keep them in the position that they're in. If either one of those guys are not 100% or they wear down in the playoffs, you're in trouble because these teams are just deeper than them. I mean, you even look at a team like Dallas, they're going to have no easy matchups when it comes to the playoffs. It's going to be a grind whoever they play. And I'm just not sure that LeBron, his age, can hold up. Now, LeBron has looked the best that he has playing point guard for the Lakers. I just don't like them as the favorite. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm in on the Lakers still. Uh, I think they've got extra motivation. Uh, you know, you out there coughing up a lung, you all right? You going to make yeah, it? Man, getting over this sinus infection. <laughs> y'all had that uh, – y'all had that uh, – so that nasty snow a little bit ago, didn't it? Snow, rain, something. And right before it snowed, it was 70 degrees for two days. And then the temperature dropped to like 30 degrees. And it was a rain and sleet storm for like three days. Man, this weather is crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was out in L.A. last week chilling. I can see why people live there until I got to driving around. <laughs> Fuck that place, man. <laughs> It's crazy, bro. You 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 trying to get twenty miles? You you talking about you being you're in traffic for an hour and a half minimum. Yeah, I can't do it, man. I'm too impatient. But man, what are we talking, man? What about Golden State? Golden State was probably the busiest team at the trade deadline. Quiet, somehow quietly, yeah. um, because everybody talks about. By the way, so the D'Lo trade. Um, <laughs> if you're Minnesota. Nah, you're still screwed. I, listen, for me, I, I think you and I disagree. I, I think D'Lo is overrated. I don't think he had much of a market. Um, he do, he doesn't play any defense, and he's not going to get any better. Cat doesn't play any damn defense, and he's not going to get any better. Oh, on you that can't end. really say they're not going to get any better. Cat, okay. Cat, yeah. I'll give some. I, I'll just take his pouting situation out of this. But D'Lo's gotten better um, every season, so you can't really say that, man. Not on defense, he hasn't. I mean, that, and he now, hasn't been on a team to require him to play defense. We got to remember, in the NBA, you have to be on a defensive-minded team. He hasn't been on a defensive-minded team. His job has always been to have a ball in your hand, go score. Yeah. Well, we'll see what this becomes of them or for them. I'm not as optimistic that it works out in in, in Minnesota. I think they're still going to be a loser team, a loser organization. I still think they need another piece. If you're going to bet on Jared Culver. 
maybe that works. But other than that, I, I, I like Jared Vanderbilt that they got from Denver. Um, you know, they got a couple guys. Malik Beasley is going to help them. But overall, Minnesota is going to be more of the same. Golden State, I see why they took the risk. Um, D'Lo wasn't going to be a fit. You know, long term, they got to see that. And maybe they think a change of scenery will help Andrew Wiggins because you got a guy who has the tools to be a, a decent defender and can get his own bucket on offense. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to buy in. Yeah, man. I um, I, I I really at first didn't like this trade for Minnesota, but the more that I look at it, I like it for Minnesota. I mean, we talked about it last podcast before the trade happened. I said I thought that the trade would happen just because Cat had backed them into the corner. You see that Cat was – visibly pouting you know what i'm saying he was demanding for d'lo that's what he wanted when that when that first trade was made to send well not the first one the trade was made to send shabazz napier away and all those players i knew that they had it they're gonna fold to d'lo because there's no way they're coming mm-hmm. in after cat's been pouting he's been asking for d'lo almost damn near openly you know his people have been asking for him through the media w- what are you gonna do you have to give up the pick I don't care if you want to hold strong right. or not. You have no leverage. So I, If you're Minnesota, you do yeah, that. So I love what Golden State did. They set their terms and said, we're okay with keeping them. Whether they wanted to or not, they made a desperately want to get rid of them. They set their terms. They stood there and they said, hey, I want a 2021 first-round pick. And they got that. They got a 2021 first-round pick, a 2021 second-round pick, and they got Andrew Wiggins. That's the most you're going to get for D'Lo. I think that in a signing trade, they got D'Lo as an asset. They wanted to see if it was going to work. They didn't feel like it worked, and they maximized what they got. You know what I'm saying? If they, if you would have said that in the KD trade, okay, it's a signing trade, all we're going to give you is a 2021 top three protected pick that in 2022 could be an unprotected pick, which 2021 and 2022 are supposed to be back-to-back great drafts they're anticipating 2022 maybe when high school players come in i think it's going to be 2023 but they still think 2021 and 2022 will be great draft so if they don't get it in 2021 they're going to get it in 2022 unprotected and we don't think that this trade makes minnesota that much better i mean i think this is the best that minnesota could do to revamp their team without you know on the fly i mean they got some young talent and uh, Vanderbilt, they got uh, Nas Reed. They can play Nas Reed. They got rid of Zane. They got uh, Hancho, still a young talent, was a first-round pick to go behind Cat. Now you've got more versatility. you got more shooting. Um, you get rid of Wiggins, that contract. So I like what Minnesota did. I don't think it makes them that much better, but I do think this is probably the best that Minnesota could do in their situation. Yeah, and, you know, um, one thing that, I will say for the Minnesota fans who said, or I've heard or I've seen on the Twitters who are saying that next they're going to go after Devin Booker, I'm going to ask you, with what? <laughs> that's the key, with and, what? But, you know, that's, you know, that's the plan. People have been saying that's the plan for a while. Devin Booker, D'Lo, and Cat to be all on one team. I don't, I don't think Devin Booker's contract is up anytime soon. Maybe they're planning this for three or four years down the road because both Cat and and D'Lo are signed for like the next four to five years. So they're yeah. there for the long run. I, and I think, I think, uh, and I'm pretty sure Devin Booker signed last year, signed his extension. Yeah, I think so too. So I'm not sure. But well, fuck it. They got small forwards and sons fuck with all small forwards. So don't count it out. <laughs> I mean, the only way it could happen is if Devin Booker has decided that he's sick of Phoenix, which I mean, rightfully so. Um, I mean, if you put Devin Booker on the market, that's not like putting D'Lo on the market. 
You throw Devin Correct. Booker on yeah. the market, it's, it's it's a whole different story. You can't. You're, you're not getting back what you got. for Again, D'Lo didn't have much of a market. It was basically Minnesota and maybe the Lakers that wanted him, but that, that's it. Yeah, but I'm saying if you put Booker on the market, Minnesota's not going to have the best assets in that trade. No. There's a bunch of teams. No. That's, a, that's a team that Danny Ainge is going to stand. That's a person that Danny Ainge is going to chase. You know what I mean? Those are yeah. good GMs are going to start. I don't know. Maybe Golden State decide what they can do with those lottery picks you just gave them now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it it gets real iffy. But I like Wick. Maybe Memphis decides, hey, Justice Winslow for Devin Booker straight, straight up. up. I mean, you know I don't I mean? know if Phoenix and... does it. You know what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but when you look at Golden State, I like what they did also because you add Andrew Wiggins. And, you know, Andrew Wiggins was never going to live up to his draft status there. He needed a change Correct. of scenery. They were always going to knock him. Can we talk about how bad that 2014 draft was, by the way? Uh, at some point, not today. I'm just saying. <laughs> him, it's bad. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. It was bad. But I like Wiggins as a third option, second mm-hmm. option to handle the ball. Because one thing people don't realize about Golden State – Kevin Durant was so good because you really don't want Clay creating his own shot. He struggles with that. So you, you right. need a – He could barely dribble when he first got to the league. Right. So you need another player that can go one-on-one. He's not Kevin Durant, but he's a one-on-one player. I mean, he can give you 30. There's not too many people that's guarding him one-on-one. Oh, so if you got to guard him one-on-one, he fits more of the Harrison Barnes type that they had before. So he's more of a Harrison Barnes plug-in where you think you can get his talent just by having him do a role and take the pressure off of him. Yeah, but the, the thing that's going to frustrate Golden State is Andrew Wiggins refuses to, like, he likes those long twos that they say are bad for the game. You ever see Cat take more long twos than uh, than, than him? It might work, though, because, I, I mean, if you work on your shot, I mean, he's he's in Golden State. That That's where they work with shooters. If he can hit them, I yeah. mean – I mean, if he can hit them, then it works for Golden State because they all play so far, and that shot's going to be there for him because, like I said, they're going to be one-on-one. He's going to have a two-dribble yeah. shot all day. If he can hit it or go to the basket, I mean, I love this for Golden State. I love it for Golden State for the now and for the future, and that's the kind of thing that, like, Danny Ainge and these good GMs do. Like, in a, during a bad year, that's where you see good teams eat. That's where um, San Antonio got um, uh, Tim Duncan. You know what I mean? That's where you can really build your team into a dynasty for the next 10 years, just one bad season. You know, it's funny because I saw, uh, and maybe it was Zach Lowe, um, someone wrote a piece, I want to maybe it's for The Ringer, um, but someone wrote a piece that said that, you know, people have basically written off Golden State. Um, it, and that's a lot of people that have, funny enough, but, you know, the, the writer kind of made the point that was, well, why couldn't the, the Golden State be the Spurs. Uh, you know, they could come back and win another two, three titles. Well, you know, two titles. Who knows? Um, Golden State will be back. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, and, you know, Steph Curry, yeah, he's 33. You know, Clay's 30. But, I mean, again, you could see with a fully healthy, ro- healthy roster with a ton of assets that, I mean, and not to mention they got assets back for Alec Burks and Glenn, uh, Glenn Robinson III. So, uh, second round you know, picks between Willie Colley-Stein Alec Burks and um, Glenn Robinson the third, three people they just picked up off the street before the season. They trans they transitioned that into five second round picks. Going to one of the the best organizations in in basketball that has shown and 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 proven that they can develop talent over and over again. Now whether or not that talent goes goes and does anything for other teams remains to be seen for the most part. But 
overwhelmingly they turn they they turn over their talent very well. And and one thing that people kind of look over is you look at it like, damn, this is bad for Golden State. This is actually the best thing that can happen to any type of dynasty. Because Ask the Spurs. Yeah, because what happens is after four, five years, you get into that fifth year and you start actually having to pay players, then it gets very expensive. You go into the repeater tax. This down year is actually a blessing for Golden State because they could get off a of roster space. They don't have the pressure of trying to win for the city. They got a built-in excuse so they can avoid the repeater tax. So now when they build their team back up, that $300 million tax that everybody thought they were going to get, that was only because of the repeater tax. So next year, when they, if they go into the tax by signing players, they won't be in a – that'll be a first-year tax. You know what I mean? So, And that's why – it, it made sense for them when Steph broke his hand. I mean, come on, Steph's been out with a broken hand, uh, broken bone, his non-shooting hand for four or five months. I mean, they've hey, you, you just know. never know, baby. You got to play it carefully. You know what I'm saying? He, exactly. He'll come back in March. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You're like, wait a minute, that's like six months for a broken hand. Gordon Hayward broke his hand twice and came you back. You want to know why? You want to know he comes back in March? You want to make sure he puts at least thirty more threes on that record. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He has a contract to hit. So exactly, he got his numbers <laughs> to hit. So that, that's so Golden State played this perfectly, and, and I'm like with you. Let everybody stay asleep uh, if you want to about this uh, Warriors team. I guarantee you that the Lakers or the Clippers or the Bucks, whoever it is that's trying to get this title, better do it this year and maybe next year. Because you know, as, as you talk about, this reminds me of, like I said, you could see it being that maybe somebody gets one or two, and then these guys come back and three peat like those '90s Bulls. I mean. You, that's not crazy talk to me. Yeah, next year you get you get Stephen Curry back. You know what I mean. So you get Curry back, you get Clay back, you add Andrew a Wiggins. Top three pick. Um, you get a you're gonna have a somewhere in the top five pick this year from yourself. Didn't they get another first round pick for somebody? Or is it just their pick? No, it's just their pick. Okay, so they got that pick next year. They get a first round pick, a lottery pick, and their pick. You know what I mean. So they got they got role players. They're gonna be dangerous next year. But then, because yep. they'll be able to sign somebody in the off season, they'll sign somebody in the off season that'll help. And that's what I'm saying. It's not even guaranteed that they use that lo- those lottery picks. They can say, "Hey, we'll give you two lottery picks right now for Devin Booker, for you know someone who Joel Embiid, and, for someone who's unhappy in the off season." That's that's heavy arsenal. I got two lottery picks. I got two lottery picks, and hell, we might give you Wiggins too. Give me, let me, yep. what, and, give me Bradley Beal. <laughs> and and you've shown that you know the the Boston way kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, sure, those lottery picks may turn, but if you if you have them five years down the road, who knows what those become? So you've got one for sure right now, and for sure next year that you can package for anyone. So we're not talking about twenty twenty four. We're talking about some pretty quick up upcoming picks. So all right, man, um, let's move around a little bit. Uh, you got the NBA All Star Game coming up this weekend. Um, Again, I don't care one bit about the All Star Game. I do. I'll watch the Skills Challenge, the three point contest, and the dunk contest. Basically, Saturday night, I'll watch that. But everything else, I don't even. It ain't even gonna grace my TV. Yeah, I got. I got kind of interested whenever uh, I saw Aaron Gordon enter the dunk contest. Derek Jones Jr. Pat Connaughton. I'm kind of intrigued by the dunk contest. Uh, they try to steal from the big three and add that. That uh, those long three pointers to the three point contest. I see what you're mm-hmm. doing, in the NBA. You stealing from the big three. Give my man Ice Cube the credit, man, and cut his cut check. him a check. Uh, skills challenge. I always find it interesting, but yeah, I'm gonna watch that. They they just overcomplicated the 
<laughs> the NBA All-Star game to make me yeah. I understand paying homage to Kobe. I'm with that. I'm not I'm not gonna disparage that at all. But at the point where you change the scoring system where I got a degree in accounting and I don't understand that shit. <laughs> what is it? it didn't make any damn sense. What is it? Everybody, uh, first team 24 <laughs> after three quarters. So it's individual they... quarters, right? So every quarter is its own game, like many games. So you play three quarters. Whichever team has the most total points in those three quarters, those three mini games, then you have to add 24 to that, and that's the score to win. So let's say the score is 90 to 80 at the end of three quarters, the total of the mini game, you got to score 114 to win the game. So um, so the winning team only has to score 24. The team that's losing got to score 34 because they got 80. It's the first to 114 at the, end of, um, at the end of the third quarter. It's a nine-time fourth quarter where one team just has to get to plus 24 or whatever the highest total is. Yeah, that was not interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure how this makes the All-Star game more interesting. Uh, it doesn't. I don't know what these mini-games are. I don't know if there's separate rewards. I fucking have no clue. Uh, yeah, I don't know, don't care. Do you have a favorite for the dunk contest? Aaron Gordon, man. How can I not go Aaron Gordon? Over your boy Derrick Jones Jr.? Yeah, man. You're talking about a guy that arguably was snubbed what was it, three years ago? In the best dunk contest of all time. I don't care what they say. I don't know about all time. It's a fucking good dunk contest, but all time, I gotta I gotta I gotta check. I mean You gonna and you gonna disrespect White Flight Pat Connison? Hey, listen, I don't think it'll be as long as they make their dunks. Now putting Dennis Smith Jr. in there, I'm glad they didn't allow him in there this year. I'm tired of all these super athletic dunks that he can't make. Right. <laughs> so hopefully the crew that's in there now, you got Dwight Howard, you got Pat Connaughton. Although, I'm pretty sure Dwight Howard was in a dunk contest where he missed a bunch of dunks with Nate Robinson, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Aaron Gordon. Right, man. You so, going with Derek? You going Derek White? I mean. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Derek, Derek Jones, Jones Jr. Man. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I've seen him. The dude can he got springs. Um, I just like I, I like I, I liked him in Phoenix as far as the dunker goes. The thing is though, uh, you can have springs, and I'm pre- I'm pretty sure he does. I know he has creative dunks because I've seen some stuff on YouTube. But the creativity that Aaron Gordon has, I just want to see what he does. Like that dude did some stupid dunks, man. It kind of reminds me of uh, like we talk about Derek Jones Jr. He got springs. You know who it reminds me of though is uh, Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown got dunk in game dunk. Shannon Brown was that dude. He was jumping, snatching change off the backboard and shit. He got the dunk contest and he was like, "Ugh, nah, <laughs> what is I this?" Ain't do that to him. Shannon Brown is more like Dennis Smith Jr. Derek White is more like James Flight White. That's why I kept calling him Derek White because I was thinking of James Flight White. That's who he reminds me of. He reminds me of James Flight White. I just don't know if he has the creativity to do it. I'm pretty sure he does. He just did a dunk and uh pre-game warm-ups so i think he has the creativity i just want to see it all right man, let's get to our uh basketball revolution um story <laughs> you know uh we want to talk about the boston celtics of the mid-2000s we've gone over the spurs we've gone over um you know the lakers touched on the 2000 
three draft class, the Lakers, uh, what'd you say? I said the Lakers. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, we, but we wanted to really focus on uh, Boston's big three because that was kind of the blueprint for later on in life as far as the Miami Heat and the Heatles go. Um, yeah, that was definitely know, the birth of the big three era. Yeah, and, you know, it, it was different. It was the same and it was different because – you know, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, Paul Pierce were all at different stages of their career, right? I mean, Kevin Garnett had been in the league for 13 years, Ray Allen for 12, and Paul Pierce for 10 or 11 at that point. Um, all veterans on, on on what were at the time losing franchises. Um, people don't remember that the Celtics were pretty bad in the 90s. Uh, you know, you had Reggie Lewis die, you had Kevin McHale retire, Larry Bird retire, uh, you know. But in the in the two thousands though, they weren't that bad. They got Rick Patino. Um, it didn't work out, but once they got Jim O'Brien, they weren't really bad when they had Jim O'Brien. They weren't good. They, they weren't great. But then again, the East the, the East wasn't good. So everybody was winning forty two games, forty four games and you know, getting in forty two and forty. And it it was them, the Nets, the Pacers, the Pistons, just a real slug fest of uh of an Eastern Conference. Um but I mean, you know, and they ended up being eliminated by the Nets, and they got beat by I think, uh, well, everybody. Uh, so I want to go back to the beginning. Know. I mean, the really change, the change in direction for the Boston Celtics really came when they hired Danny Ainge in two thousand four. Um, at that point, Correct. like you said, they were coming out of a bad era. Um, Rick Pitino had quit by then. Jim uh, was it? Jim Boylan was the coach. Jim Jim, Jim O'Brien was the coach. Uh, him and him and Danny Ainge didn't get along at all. I mean, they just disagreed on which direction. At that point in time, that team was pretty old. I mean, when he came, they had players like what Chucky Atkins, uh, Dana Burrows, Mark Blunt, Ricky Davis, uh, Rifle of Friends, Walter McCarty, and Paul Pierce. Walter McCarty, Walter McCarty, bro. You know wow. what I mean? Kentucky's fine. Yeah, man. So this team was pretty old, but they were. They were kind of just good enough to compete. You know what I mean? And most well, and Paul Pierce really did carry this team for a while. He was that good. I mean, he got the nickname "The Truth" from Shaq. Um, so Paul Pierce was—I I wouldn't say he was a Hall of Famer, but he was a very, very good player. Paul Pierce is definitely Hall of Famer. No, 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 no. no. I meant uh, at the time. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. At the time. So, now he, yes, for sure, Hall of Famer. So right before they hired Danny Ainge, you know, they went thirty-six and forty-six. Um, not a great season. When uh, Danny Ainge came in, he hired Doc Rivers uh, because, well, I guess mid-season, Jim, uh, Jim O'Brien quit because they disagreed about the direction of the team. Basically, Jim O'Brien wanted to keep the team. He wanted to keep competing with a veteran roster, and Danny Ainge just didn't like the roster. He was ready to blow that shit up. Uh, they, they went back and forth about a year and a half, and mid-year, Jim O'Brien actually did pretty well with the Celtics. He only had one bad season, which was like his first season. But other than that, he had winning seasons. But he quit midseason because he couldn't get along with Danny Ainge in 04. And so Doc Rivers was, correct me if I'm wrong, he was doing color commentary at yeah. that point because he'd been fired in Orlando. Analyst. Um, and, he, he, yeah, he so, kind of like Mark Jackson. Yep. Yep. And he talked about it, it, the things that he would do differently if he were to get back into coaching. Actively um, selling himself on air. Yeah. And. <laughs> That has not worked for Mark Jackson, but uh, Mark uh, Jackson did something you're not supposed to do. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, he he, he fucked Same himself. Same thing, keeping uh, Tim Hardaway out the Hall of Fame. 
Yep, <laughs> which is sad, but it is what it is. Um, but you're right, bringing in Doc Rivers, really changing the culture, and, you know, I think they drafted Rondo in 2005. Yeah, I mean. Or, no, no, 2007. It was 2006. It was a trade. The Joe Johnson class? Uh, I can't remember. I just know that they traded. It was Brian Grant. They traded a future first to Phoenix for Brian Grant. To Phoenix. And, like, yeah. that pick that became Rondo, like the 21st pick. But yeah. it's interesting, though, because that team, like, Danny Ainge wanted to blow it up. He brought in Doc Rivers, and they didn't immediately blow it up. Like, they brought in players like Gary Payton and uh, somebody else. Uh, they still like Antoine Walker. They brought in Gary Payton. They they were trying to give it a shot to win again. They actually went 45 and 37. So that first year Doc was there, they went 45 and 37 with that kind of veteran team that Jim O'Brien had left. They still tried to, even though Jim O'Brien didn't want to blow it up and Ainge did, they still gave it a shot at trying to win. They got to the playoffs and they went out in the first round. And Danny Age said, enough is enough. You know what I mean? We done with this. 05 offseason. Uh, this is when he got the title Danny Trader because he pretty much started trading everybody. He sent Antoine Walker to the Heat for pretty much a bunch of garbage. You, you, you yeah. want to see? It was like Chris. I can't even pronounce this dude's name. I don't even remember him. Like Chris Burkott or something like that. Quintel Woods and the 39th pick in 2004. That's what Antoine Walker got traded for to the Heat. Dang <laughs> For nothing, basically. I legitimately just take him. <laughs> just trade. Get him off my roster. I don't like him. Give me whatever y'all need to get rid of, but get rid of him. You got to understand, Antoine Walker was actually really popular in Boston. He was probably more popular than Paul Pierce at the time. He And you know what? He would have – talk about Antoine Walker, a guy who came too soon. Yeah. Antoine Walker would be deadly in this yeah. day and age because all he wanted to do was shoot, play no defense, and dance. That's all he wanted. 37 threes. Think of a smaller big baby that shoot a lot of – shoot 43s. You know what I mean? Yeah. That team was awful. So he goes to Antoine Walker. Of course, uh, Antoine Walker goes to Miami Heat. They teach him how to play real basketball, and he wins a championship. See how that works? All worked out for him. <laughs> They, and Gary Payton. Yeah, Gary Payton left in free agency too that year. He went to Miami. He got the championship. They also traded um, a second round pick for this guy. You remember him, Dan Dickow? You remember <laughs> Dan Dickow, Oregon <laughs> point guard? <laughs> oh man, yes. They also made a trade. Uh, they traded uh, while, traded for Wally Zerviak, Michael Oliver Candy, and Dwayne Jones. <laughs> Yep. This is this is the 2005 busy offseason in which Danny Ainge tried to throw together a quick rebuild. Spoiler alert, it did not work. <laughs> and so, you know, no, but they, I think they drafted Al Jefferson that year, and uh, Al Jefferson was supposed to be the next Kevin McHale because his footwork was so they good. They drafted Al Jefferson in 04. Because they, they, they had a lot of draft picks. They drafted Al Jefferson in 04. They drafted Tony Allen in 04. They drafted um, Delonte West in 04. So they had three first-round picks. Then in 05, they drafted um, uh, – who they draft? Ryan Gomes in the second round. Ryan Gomes. I remember Ryan Gomes. Who they drafted in the first round, though? I think they drafted uh, Gerald Green. Yeah, Gerald Green in the first round. Gerald Green, yep. I think it was Gerald Green and Ryan Gomes in 2005. Yep. Uh, yep. But, yeah, it's just they ended up going 33 and 49. Then in 06, <laughs> it got really bad. Uh, Tony Allen got hurt. 
Paul Pierce. Paul got, Pierce requested to be traded. He requested to be traded. He got hurt or faked the injury for about two months. Everyone yep. kind of believed that this was Paul Pierce' farewell tour to Boston. Everyone thought he was definitely gone after the season. He was kind of playing like it was his farewell tour, almost saying it in interviews. And Danny Ainge yep. was just sitting back chilling, like, I let him think he's leaving. But that was never in Danny Ainge's plans. So then in 07, that's when Danny Ainge really put it into effect, into effect when he uh, traded for KG and he traded for Ray Allen. Yep. And, you know, the, the hiccup to getting KG was they didn't want to trade Al Jefferson, but um, Minnesota, that had to be part of the deal. And honestly, Kevin Garnett didn't even want to leave Minnesota. Um, it took a lot of convincing for him, too, because he was just that loyal of a guy. He worried about how it affected legacy. Um, and no one knows what Ray Allen would have really wanted. I mean, he was in Seattle chilling, um, you yeah, know, and, and people. At that time, uh, Ray had kind of worn out his rack. You know, like, Ray Allen got one of those personalities. It's, he wears out his welcome with an organization. He, you could only have Ray Allen for what? Four years tops before. But he's the quiet type, though. Yeah, he's, like he's the one that, that com- quietly complains and talks. Yeah. I mean, and it's always a young star that comes up to take his place. Uh, I think it was, well, shit, Sam Cassell wasn't young when they took his spot in um, the Bucks. But when he went in, when no. he ended up going to Seattle, then it was um, uh, Rashad Lewis. Rashad Lewis. Rashad Lewis. Rashad Lewis. But it was also Michael Red up in uh, the Bucks. Uh, Bucks. Yeah, it was Michael Red. Yeah, yeah. Michael Red was the one. Um, but then, you know, you got Ray Allen. You got Ray Allen for a pretty good deal. I mean, you got Delonte West. Now, I will say, looking back, it looks horrible. But at that point in time, Delonte West was a first-round pick, was talented. Yeah. Jeff Green. He was a talented guard. Yeah, they got the fifth pick in the draft, which turned out to Jeff Green, which, if you don't know, the first big three was actually Jeff Green, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. That failed, yep. too. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Delonte West, Wally Zerviak, and Jeff Green for Ray Allen and Big Baby Davis, which was the 35th pick in the draft. I'd say Boston won that one clearly. Boston got the better end of that. Uh, the KG trade was Al Jefferson, Ryan Gomes, in which Ryan Gomes and Al Jefferson were still pretty good, promising big men. Ryan Gomes played pretty well that season. Al Jefferson was a young two year big man that came straight out of high school. Sebastian Telfair, former first-round guard draft pick. Next Jordan. Gerald Green. Uh, Theo Ratliff in two firsts. Two firsts in 2009. Now, that trade sounds horrible right now, but if you look at it, it's actually, what, five first-round picks in that draft. Al Jefferson was a first-round yep. pick. Sebastian Telfair was a first-round pick. Gerald Green was a first-round pick. And then they got two first-round picks in that with Ryan Gomes and Theo Ratliff. That's probably the most you're going to get for any age and star. I mean, a, a promising young package like that, none of it worked out. You know what I'm saying? I think even the two draft picks turned out to be Johnny Flynn and Wayne Ellington. You know what I mean? So and <laughs> nothing worked out. Of but course, Johnny Fl- <laughs> they took Johnny Flynn in front of Steph Curry. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota's been bad ever since. Just missed it. They were this close. Just missed. What if they would have had Rubio Whoops. and Stephen Curry? A lot of people would have made that mistake. Don't worry. Rubio, Stephen uh, Curry, and Al Jefferson. Did they ever do anything? <laughs> Man. You know, but then again, I don't know that Steph becomes Steph if he's in Minnesota. I think Steph becomes Steph no matter what. 
Well, the only reason I say that is because of the baby ankles. Because Golden State did a lot to take care of his ankles and teach him how to walk, and that got him the contract under. I don't know that Minnesota was doing all of that. Could have he just could have washed away? Uh, yeah, you but know, I mean, he, with them baby he ankles. comes from money. We got to remember that though. I mean, he had, he had yeah. his own specialist. You know what I'm saying? He still signed with Nike. Nike was the one that really took care of him. No, no, no. Even still, the first few years. Nike was uh, Under Armour. that built the specialist. First few years in the league, Golden State wasn't even. I mean, they they almost traded him instead of Monte Ellis to Milwaukee. So. Yeah, I mean, players yeah. fuck up too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes people say. So, sometimes bad teams save you from yourself. Milwaukee, yeah. like, and I don't so, want that guy, Stephen Curry. Give me Monte Ellis to build my franchise around. <laughs> and so Boston um, ends up with Ray Allen, uh, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. And uh, Rondo. Immediately. Rondo, because they got well, him in that Well, I was going to get to Rondo. Rondo and Doc always butted heads, and Rondo didn't really come become Rondo until the playoffs or, or heading in the playoffs where they were like, oh, shit, like, this, not only is he good, but, like, we actually have something here. So, um, you know, they end up playing the Lakers in the finals, um, and really – Everyone assumed that Kobe was going to get his uh, his fourth ring right then and there. Um, they the Lakers had just traded for Pau Gasol, and they were building their own uh, you know powerhouse out west. Um, but KG, you know that 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 finals was funny actually um, because yeah. And another fun fact for you: if if Boston wasn't able to make that trade for KG, they actually tried to get Pau Gasol, and the Lakers were actually trying to get KG. So. Um, Funny little alternate universe to see what happens there. I think it would have worked out for either. Uh, I think if KG but, goes to the Lakers, they win like three titles. Mm, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, but you know, the Lakers never really had a shot, even though they were. It seemed like they were up twenty points every single finals game, and they just couldn't hold on to it. And that you know, Kobe talked about that being the one finals that sticks with him over anything else. You know, in his career. And you also have a game where Paul Pierce had diarrhea, so he faked the injury to get carted off the court. <laughs> terrible, terrible. I remember when that was happening, man. It was just like he got a wheelchair okay. to the locker room. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. And then the dude comes out hopping around like he's Willis Reed, and you know, <laughs> drops forty in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I, and I'm a steal from Jalen Rose and uh, David Jacoby. Is that a boss move or soft move? That's soft as hell, is it not? No. I don't know to have the credibility to say, "Hey, bro, you got to break the wheelchair. I ain't gonna make it." <laughs> you couldn't act like you pulled it. You had cramps or oh, something. You got to run off to the back. Man, he was. A, you got to be dramatic about it. I think it. that's probably the best way you can play it off. He was a hero, man. He was a hero until he told the story. Why'd you ever tell that story? <laughs> Why? Right. <laughs> uh, Paul Pierce, dumbass TV takes. I mean, he just felt a little too comfortable. Worse. He, he's uh, the, who's worse than him? He's probably the worst of the worst. He's he's, <laughs> he's worse than Magic Johnson McFarland. was when he first started. Yeah, Magic was bad. He's worse than Magic. Magic was man. bad. Magic, uh, wow. <laughs> Paul Pierce is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. It's, like the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean it's a um, race booger. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but back to Boston. Uh, so they ended up winning, um, you know, one title in the, in that five years. They got close to another title. If when Kendrick Perkins got hurt, they played the Lakers again, in 2010. Um, which for me, listen, I, I think that I think the Lakers probably should have won that first one um, because they were missing Andrew Bynum, yeah. they're missing Trevor Ariza, um, and and you yeah, saw what happened. Yeah, you know, 
can't do that. Man. Well, it just, you know, because if you ask Boston fans, Boston fans will say, well, we should have won both of those. Yeah. And Lakers fans will say, well, we should have won both of those. talking to Boston too. fans and you're talking to Lakers fans, so you're losing already. Both obnoxious. <laughs> so um, are you kind of surprised that this Boston team actually only got one title? I mean, they, they were close to three, probably should have got two. Um they end up getting beaten 2012, which was their last push, and, and Miami just my, LeBron became the LeBron we know and love today. That was a beautiful game, Game Six in Boston. One of the best in history. Yeah, that Game Six in Boston might be my favorite LeBron game ever. I mean, I think it's it's the second best game I've ever seen him play. The the first game is is Game One of the uh, 2000 of the 2018 NBA Finals. The J.R. Smith. Um, yeah, the J.R. Smith game where he had a 51. The, you know, fifteen and fifteen or something crazy. Bro, I still get it. You got to give it to the Boston game though, because that was like an elimination game. I think it was an elimination game. It was an elimination. Was a, they were down three two. That was an elimination game in Boston, and he went nuts. He was unstoppable. That's a LeBron that we had all wanted to see always. You know what I mean? He was just dominant, unstoppable from the post to the outside. There was nothing that. Like, I almost said he was better than Jordan after that game. Now, of course, he couldn't keep that momentum up, but if he could be that LeBron. Could you imagine? Lord, Lord, if he was that in <laughs> his whole career. Now, I, I can't even imagine how exhausting that would be. And arguably, he was that in Cleveland. You know what I mean? Can, can you believe that we're already at a point in LeBron's career that uh, we've already been like, that we have to tell the younger generation, like, yo, you if you saw LeBron James. <laughs> Do you remember when he like, did this? I know you think he's good now. And he's still, at this point, getting better. It's crazy. You don't know what he's going to do in the playoffs this year. I think this point guard position is the most natural position I've ever seen him in. Like, he's been dominant, I mean, but point guard, this shit looks so easy to him. But, yeah, I mean, he was incredible in, in that in that series against – I mean, he went to his next level and he became – he became hands down the best player in the NBA. There was still some debate um, at that point, uh, you know, between even Kobe Bryant, um, you know, I'm trying to think of whoever else was around, but they had to go through that big three uh, in Boston. And I mean, wow. So, I mean, I guess the biggest question about the big three era, because as we said, they won the one title um, the next year, they were 62 and 20. They lost to the Magic. They were upset by the Magic. I can't remember if there were some injuries. or that. I think KG got hurt. Well, Kevin Garnett had hurt his knee the following year and was never really the same after that. Yeah, so then they went to the finals against the Lakers. And like you said, arguably Kendrick Perkins doesn't get hurt. Maybe they win. They don't. And then the Heatles came around. Um, and after that, it was kind of all they all she wrote. I mean, they lost to the Heatles in the conference finals in 2010, 2011. 2011-2012, they lost to the Heat again. Um, Paul Pierce left after, what? when did he leave? 2012? In 2013, or 14, both KG and Paul Pierce have been traded. <laughs> I'm sorry, when did Ray Allen leave? After 2010, uh, right? 2000, no, he left in 2011. No, 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 no 2012. He, he, he was there for, uh, he was not there for Miami's first ring. Okay which was 2011, so he got there 2012. Um, and KG, Paul Pierce, Rondo, all of them dudes to this day still hate Ray Allen. Um, Ray Allen Paul Ray Pierce Allen, says he doesn't. Ray Allen said that they talk about that he's a traitor. And for one, that last year in Boston, Rondo was looking him off on plays. Oh, they would freeze him out. Freeze him out of the game. 
So then he goes into the offseason as an unrestricted free agent. You already it's publicly LeBron is saying that he wants Ray Allen. They go into free agency, offer him less money, and tell him he's gonna come off the bench and then expect him to re-sign out of loyalty. That's the worst pitch ever. And you can go play with LeBron. Yep. That that was and crazy to me. Turned out he made the biggest shot in NBA Finals history. Um, out, got him another round. Turns out they might have could have used him. Yep. So, you know, it's kind of crazy because their window was longer than I thought it was that, that, you know, you look back on it now, you're like, oh, yeah, that that was a short run. You know, they probably did three years, but it was five years and they were very good in that five year span. I think if KG doesn't get hurt, maybe they win another ring um, because, you know, 2011, maybe they maybe they figure out a way to beat that Boston or that Miami team that lost to Dallas and maybe they beat Dallas. But I mean, for the most part. Um, it was kind of an underwhelming. You look back at it now, it's pretty underwhelming five-year stretch because they just got passed by really quickly. Yeah, I mean, you say that, though, but the, the, the players that they put together, this wasn't built for a long stretch. So five years was pretty long. I think if you make that trade, you're looking at a, you're looking at a three-year window. I mean, because by the time you yeah. got KG, Paul Pierce is already older at that point in time. Uh, even the last two, when they were playing Miami, they were on their last leg. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were really just putting it out there. So... I would, and the fact that they got to the Eastern Conference Finals with with that team was, you know. So I would say if you put that team together and you're looking at it as a three-year window, they went to the finals two years. They only won one. Uh, one year you had injuries, which you have to account for. So if, And we're, we're, we're again, I mean, hell, you were give me one tight, if two I, minutes if away from two titles. All in, like with this Miami team, Pat Riley says he's going all in. This is for a three-year window. If you get one title in that three-year window, I mean, that's same, it's worth that it. same thing they did with Shaq. Everyone views that Miami trade as a, uh, as a um, win. They got one title in two and a half years with Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They went to the conference finals once they got beat. They won a title. Next year, that shit went horribly wrong when they traded them. So at two and a half years of Shaq, yep. they got one title, and it's considered a success. I know that people were expecting more, but you got to understand it. Even though they were the first big three, once LeBron went to Miami, that kind of changed their that that changed everything for that Boston team. Because if my if LeBron does not go to Miami. I don't know. They may win two more championships. They might at least win one or go to another final. The only thing that stopped them was that Heat team. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, I don't. I think you got the best that you can get in a three-year window. Then you add LeBron going. You could have stretched it out to five years, but at the point that LeBron made that decision, he shook up the NBA. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, you know, it's it, and the, y'all, the listeners out there. If y'all get some time, man, go back and watch that series, that 2012 Heat um, Celtic series. It, it truly is a great, great series. Man. It was, um, it, I was talk, on the edge of my seat, man. <laughs> I mean, you talk about, again, it's crazy to say, like, yeah, that was, you know, you think LeBron is good now. You should have seen him then. Like, that was the peak of LeBron. Bro, that was a fucking good playoffs. Oh, yeah. Wasn't yeah. that when Derrick Rose? Derrick Rose played the Heat. Derrick Rose won MVP. And then, so Derrick Rose went up against the Heat. And then uh, Miami-Boston, the second round. Then the third round was Miami-Indiana. You know what I'm saying? With Paul George, Roy Hibbert. Then they go yep. and play the Spurs. Yep. <laughs> that was crazy. Yep. So, you know, a real great series. Um, and and I would say, I'm, I'm with you. I, maybe I said it was underwhelming. The, the Boston, that Boston 
I think Danny Ainge is still living off that. He ended up trading those guys, and those picks really haven't turned out to be much. But, I mean, you know, you've gotten Jalen Brown. you got Jason Tatum. The Celtics are still set up to be successful long term. I mean, but, if you look at what you traded for, I mean, like I said, you essentially traded five first-round picks in order to get KG. What you got for, well, essentially, though, that's like seven first-round picks in total for KG and um, Ray Allen because Delonte West was a first-round pick, and they traded the fifth overall pick for um, Jeff Green. So in order to get KG and Ray Allen, you sent basically seven first-round picks out, right? To trade Paul Pierce and KG at the very end of their career, you got three first-round picks back. That ended up yep. being lottery picks. That's the most unprotected. unprotected. That's the most you can get from a star. You maximize, even if it doesn't work out, just on the strength of being able to put together those packages on your resume and show that you can rebuild, you can get value for players that don't have value. Just that you just that will keep Danny Ainge in his job because he's willing to go for it. You know what I mean? Now I will say this. And I've touched on this before. Those Celtics teams, they act like they won three titles. Uh, I think they're a little too damn arrogant for their own good. But, um, you know, you still hear KG, uh, we don't fuck with Braun and all this kind of stuff. Y'all better remember, okay, LeBron passed y'all in the dust a decade but ago. You, but, so. you, but you won't say that about the Pistons. You can say the same thing about that Pistons squad. Pistons don't talk shit like that. Yes, they do. They quietly say they're the they best don't. team in history. They were just talking shit about Golden State. We'll mop the – give Rasheed Wallace on the mic. They just don't have the mic in front of them as often as KG. Yeah, but I'm t- – by the way, that's something I want to touch on real quick. Um, I, I was thinking about the – I think the NBA is the only sport where the old dudes, like, really do hate the every generation belong. <laughs> I mean, the, from t- – like, I remember when you'd see interviews of, like, Walt Clive Frazier and all these guys – uh, from the seventies, and they were like, Michael got Michael Jordan has to understand that he's not a big man; he can't affect the game like a Kareem or like Bill Russell or Will Chamberlain. I mean, these dudes from from the beginning of time have hated, and but the NBA does a really good job of including all their old guys and most of that. You know, most that's what makes most of their guys are still around. That's what makes basketball fun. That's what always made basketball fun. I mean, people. Should... But you ever you ever watch the NBA uh, telecast and you like? Does Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy actually like basketball? I mean, these dudes like are like uh, back in my day. Fuck this, you know what I mean? Like, that's, don't, Jeff, don't, that's they, more. Jeff they just can't stand it, bro. That's Jeff, that's bitter. Jeff. I'm gonna tell you what though. If you think that's bad, those are national broadcasts. You get on League Pass, you start listening to some oh, yes. local dudes on there. Oh, like uh, what's the dude name from the cast? He's a big hater. Uh, Austin Carr, Auto Cars. Austin Carr. <laughs> yeah, he hates on all the big men. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, you de- you definitely. But that's what I'm saying. Like the old, every generation hates the new generation. And I think you know what's funny is I think that's what made Kobe Bryant special is because he embraced the new generation. But I can't think of many dudes like Shaq. You know, I mean, but, the KG. All these dudes hate the new generation. Yeah, Barkley hates all of them. You got Barkley. they find the players that they like to play the style. Like, of course, Barkley gonna like all the players that play hard as underrated, like Monal Ginobili and shit like that. And then you got, but he hates Draymond Green. Yeah, he hates Draymond. Then you got Shaq, like players like Giannis is dominant. I mean, I I think that's the fun about basketball because even if you're playing in a pickup game, you go to the court where the old school dudes are playing, they ain't going to respect how you playing. You know what I mean? So, right. I mean, that's just how it is. Always been like that. It's an age gap. But that's, like I said,
said, that's what makes basketball fun. And that's what makes the arguments about generations fun because you have those old school cats saying, yo, this dude can't beat me or this team can't beat me, blah, blah, blah. The only person that doesn't do that is Magic Johnson. He loves everybody. Everybody's the greatest right. player ever. <laughs> you know, and, you know, you know, I was kind of making the point, like you never hear in the NFL when you when you spit out a top five, you're like, oh, yeah, Joe Montana, second greatest quarterback, third, first, whatever. Everybody's like, yeah, you know, but you throw out top five in the NBA and it's going to be controversial no matter what, um, you know, and that's, you know, the NBA has had their players around for the most part for since, I mean, it's only a 70, 80 year old league, 70 year old league. So, um, but it's just so funny to me. I mean, we, we, we've loved the NBA for so long, but you think about it. If I go to the gym right now, I see some 22 year olds. I'm like, yeah, they're athletic, but can they, can, but can they outwork me? You know what I mean? Can they outshoot me? I'm put his ass in the post. (laughs) Yeah. Every time I I know he don't know how to use that way. Let me get down there. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. And that is one of the things I love about the NBA. But, man, I, I've never seen the hate generation, generation. They're like, no, nah, this dude sucks. I, <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. They don't respect any any generation. Wait till the technology get up and we can start cloning old school dudes and get these games going. <laughs> man, I'm kind of scared of where, where, where we're going to be in 20 years. It's like, yeah, I mean, we're going to be like, yeah, LeBron James was this good. And some little stupid ass kids are like, yeah, but he ain't no LaMelo Ball. That's definitely coming. He ain't no mellow. You're going to be mad because what's going to happen is you're going to be making that argument and be like, man, you know, LeBron's cool. He ain't Trey Young, though. <laughs> right. Your, yeah, your and, head and is going to explode. Like, uh, I, I might have to stop watching the NBA after that. I'm like, you know who? You know, I'm I'm going to prison. I'm telling yeah, you. <laughs> so. Curry was good, but he's not a better he's not a better shooter than Trey Young. <laughs> yeah, boy, yeah, man. You talk, I keep hearing all this about Gary Payton, but and Jason Kidd, but have y'all seen Jerry Culver? This dude is a beast. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> never gonna happen. <laughs> uh, oh shit. All right, man, that's what I got. Anything before we get out of here? Nah, man, just a little small trade I wanted to mention that I think may end up being big because, you know, Denver traded Malik Beasley. They got off of Shabazz Napier and got Jordan McRae, who quietly had a good season with the Wizards. So I think that they replaced – the Denver did a good job of replacing what Malik Beasley was doing for them. Um, Also, this doesn't matter. James Ennis goes to Orlando Magic. Uh I think that's about it. Oh, Alec Burks and um, GR3, do you think they affect Philly? I mean, I think it, it helps them, uh, makes them better. Uh, Alec Burks is a proven scorer off the bench. Um, I don't know that he's going to be the guy that you want starting over Jay, uh, Josh Richardson. Um, Glenn Robinson has had a good season, but whatever. Um, uh, and but So, again, I'm going I'm to say that, and then I'm going to say this. Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson. Empty stats, guys. Yeah. So, I, I, you know. I just want to see what happens when uh, Philadelphia goes out in the first round. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. When they and, go out in the first round, that shit is going to ball, boil over. Yeah, and you got to blow it up. You got to blow it. You got to fire everybody from the coach to the GM to everybody but Ben Simmons, damn near. Joel and B. Joel and B got to go, so, bro. Got to go. Yep. All right, man. Uh all-Star Game this weekend. Y'all enjoy. We got another episode coming for you next week. Uh, as always, check out the Two Smart Network, twosmartnetwork.com. 
Um, we're going to get some blogs up. You can catch this episode and past episodes on the site. Uh, and follow us on Instagram at 2SmartDummies, the number two smart dummies. Peace. Peace.